Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Role Player Podcast. I'm your host, J215Forever. Follow your boy on IG, and on my IG page is the podcast page that is at Know Your Role Player underscore podcast. That's K-N-O-W-Y-A-R-O-L-E-P-L-E-Y-E-R underscore podcast. The best way that you can listen to this podcast is to download the Anchor app. That's anchor.fm backslash know your role player. And whether you have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, CastBox, Breaker, Radio FM, iHeartRadio Podcast, or many, many more, you will get episodes like the notifications, like the episode you are currently listening to becomes available. All right? All right, guys, welcome back. Today is Tuesday, December 13th, all right? Um, let's get this out the way. I did not realize I have not potted this month, and I'm apologizing for that. Been working a lot, but there's no excuses. We should never go a week without a podcast, and that's not going to happen again. All right, but we're going to get right into it. We're always going to be accountable. I'm not above anything. Um, so the title of today's episode. Well, let's let me let me back it up real quick. So real quick, there are a couple of games on. Uh, they are in progress. Um, I just want to say there's a good chance and beat might drop sixty points tonight. He's been on fire. Uh, the Sixers are currently winning t- 33 to 26. He's got 16 and 2. All right. That's in pace for about 60 and 14 rebounds. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, but it was some really good games on the last couple of days. And instead of kind of doing like a corny breakdown, uh, I want to do like a little bit of different thing. All right. So today's episode is going to be called Old Heads versus the Young Bulls. Right. And this is basically based off of one game. I only want to talk about a couple of games. Um, just, just, I just want to, I don't want to really do the game thing, you know, I want to kind of switch up the routine. So, but I do want to note a game that I saw yesterday and I think we should all talk about, you know, as a group. So last night, the um, Los Angeles Clippers defeated the Boston Celtics 113 to 93, right? That's a 20 point win. And so you're asking yourself, this is the second game in a row that Boston's lost, which is pretty surprising. And this is the second big game in a row that Boston's lost. So it's no panic. Boston is 21 and seven. They're still the best team in the league. But for the guy that was the leading MVP uh, player in Jason Tatum, I got to be honest with you, these last two games are the reason why he frustrates me so much. Because as a star, and I don't know if he's a superstar yet. I don't. He'll be a superstar within the next eight to ten months. All right, When that moment comes, we'll all know he is a superstar in the making. But I don't know if I can call him a superstar yet because there's just too many inconsistent games. Now, this theme runs all the way back to the finals where it's like, yo, Tatum goes off. Game 7 versus uh, Milwaukee. Phenomenal. But then you have the Warriors game where he's inconsistent. The turnovers. And even though he has played tougher this year and he's a finesse player, I still think he needs to play tougher. Do a better job of playing through contact. And what drives me crazy about Jason Tatum is sometimes he does not play like he's 6'10". He'll have these smaller guys on him. And I know he's a good jump shooter. And he's done a better job this season as far as going to the paint. He has. But you got to go to the paint when he's got and you got to play forward. No more playing back and getting fadeaways on the 6'3 or 6'4 guy. Play forward, all right? Now, a couple things to note about this game before we even get into this game. Now, Al Horford didn't play. He's out for at least two more games with a personal issue. Robert Williams is scheduled on day-to-day to come back within maybe sometime soon, all right? So that's encouraging. So we know already before going into this game, well, after reviewing this game, that the Celtics are down two bigs, right? But that wasn't the story. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I kind of have little, you know, mini narratives. I'm not a narrative guy, but I do believe for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown going into L.A. 
to play the Los Angeles Clippers, I felt like that game was being big. It would be pretty big because I was like, all right, they lost to the Warriors, and we're going to get to that later. They lost to the Warriors, but this is a good bounce-back game. Hey, Tatum, Kawhi, you know, um, Jalen Brown, Paul George. I mean, come on, man. Those are the guys they probably watched for years, man. And now they they think they're probably equals are even better than them, as they should. They're all great players. But um, I got to be honest with y'all. I didn't see it coming, but I'm happy, happy it happened. My man Kawhi put on the master class, all right? Um, real quick, 29 minutes, 10 out of 12 for the field goals. Uh, two out of three from the three-pointer, nine rebounds, six assists, two fouls in 25 minutes. Hold on, I know he has some steals in there. One steal, uh, two turnovers. He was a plus 23. And then Paul George, eight, excuse me, eight out of nine from the free throw, two out of five from the um, three-point line, six rebounds, three assists, one steal, and finish it with 26 points. But I got to be honest with y'all. I'm very surprised they completely outplayed him. Now, I got to go back to Kawhi. Um, we have to be honest. We expected him to play... You know, I know people are saying it doesn't matter to the playoffs, and I do agree with that. But I do think that there is some pressure that he has to play. Like, you just can't go to the playoffs, not play the whole season, and dominate. You know, you have to get in the rhythm, and you got to play. So it's very important for Kawhi to get 50, 55, 60 games. He's got to play this season, man. He's got to play. He hasn't played in a long time, and he has to consistently play, man. I think that's a fair thing to ask. All right, but in this game, yo, he went to town, all right? The mid-range assassin, mid-range assassin, assassin. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. All right, left shoulder, right shoulder, giving him the business. Um, beautiful shot, shot selection. Goodness gracious. Um, what I loved about his game was he he always plays at his pace. And, you know, I, I, I thought with Jason Taylor and Jalen Brown out there, they would kind of look too fast and quick, but he looked fine, man. He, he picked his spots. He was aggressive. And listen, I love Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is a really tough defender. He got dog walked out there, man. He got dog walked. He got destroyed, man. And and like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with getting destroyed by Kawhi. I'm a Sixers fan. He destroyed us for a seven-game series, and it was pretty much Jordan-like, all right? So I, I'm not the guy to ever shame anybody for getting destroyed by Kawhi. And it's not to shame it, but he just had a great, great, great game. And I would say I'm so surprised by it because, like, the thing with the Celtics are they're the best team in the league, right? The additions of Malcolm Brogdon, um... The additions of their bench, they, they play great team ball. They move the ball. They have great isolated one-on-one scores. They can rebound. They can defend. They can play a lot of different ways. But it's just like they're getting these big games, and it's just like, uh, And I, I just, I'm disappointed. Um, Jason Tatum is very frustrating. 7 out of 20 from the field goal, uh, 20 points and 11 rebounds. He did a great job on the glass, but 2 out of 8 from the three-point line. And like I said, set off for too many shots, man. I don't have a problem with the three-point volume because he's, you know, it's a part of his game. But like I said, man, you, you got to – I just want him to chase better shots and be more aggressive, man. Um, Jalen Brown finished with 21 points, four rebounds, and two assists, uh, nine out of 15 shooting. But other than that, it wasn't too much more help. Malcolm Brogdon had 18 off the bench. He played phenomenal. Six assists, four rebounds, and Grant Williams had 14 points off the bench. So he really did it. He really was great, but – I got to be honest with y'all, man. I, I, I'm disappointed in Boston. Um, I want to get to the Boston Warriors game later. I want to talk about maybe one or two more things I noticed from last night, and I'm going to get y'all out of here. Uh, we will pod tomorrow. We will pod tomorrow. I don't care what happens tonight. There will be a podcast tomorrow, all right? Um, 
but just disappointing. Just disappointing. So we'll see how Boston bounce backs tonight. Um, there are some good games on the night, so we'll get to that in a second. So I want to talk about two more things from last night, and we're going to jump into tonight's games or tonight's schedule-ish. Uh, we'll talk about tomorrow's plans, and we'll get you out of here. We'll make this pop pretty, pretty short, but I definitely want to leave y'all with something. All right? All right. So the Mavericks did defeat the Thunder, 121-114. And I got to be honest with you, I cannot believe how consistent the Shea Gillius Alexander has been all season. Um OKC is 11 and 16. And I'm going to keep saying that because I, I thought that at this point in the season they'd be like 3 and 13. They'd be horrible. He had a good year last year, but he is really pulling them with him. And I got to keep telling you, telling people, they do not play with a center. All right. Poku started the first half. He didn't play the second half. I don't know what's going on. Um, they just don't play with a center. They have Mike Muscala. They don't play him. Um, it'd be nice if they played with a center. It's really frustrating sometimes. Shea Gillius Alexander dropped a 42-point bomb on him in Dallas, all right? Um, four assists, five rebounds, excuse me, three assists, two rebounds, and one out of two from the three-point line. So listen, if he's only getting two threes, and he only took two threes and made one of them, that means 13 out of 13 from the free-throw line. That's how you become a star, man. And I, I got to be honest with you. He leads the NBA and drives to the rim, right? But he does it at such an efficient level. You know what he's going to do. He's putting his head down. He's attacking. But the thing is, his pull-up, um, he can pull up from 15, from 10, from 5, from 3, anywhere he can pull up from that range. To me, he prefers mid-range. Uh, he prefers going to the rim first. And then mid-range, floaters, teardrops, however you want it. A nasty handle, great size. You know, there was a question before the offseason is like, yo, was he obtainable? Was he the next star to get? There is, if OKC trades him, I'm going to be honest with you, there is no haul that they can get for him. And again, the deal that they got trading Paul George for him and all the first-round picks, it's a steal, man. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, in two years, he's going to be better than Paul George. That, is that a hot take? That in two years, that he's going to be better than Paul George? I don't know if that's a hot take, but I just, the sky is the limit for this guy, all right? With that being said, they did lose. So let's talk about the winners. Luka Doncic. Does one thing, man. Win games and put up stats. 38 points, 8, eight, eight assists, and 11 rebounds. Jason Kidd said earlier that this is not sustainable and this won't work. Well, he kind of, you know, stopped himself and said some other things. But we've seen the one superstar kind of do everything and create for others and see how far it is go with James Harden. And I'm still being honest with you. I think Harden did it at a higher level. But Dallas is a weird team to me. Um, they're definitely a team that needs some juice, whoever that is. I, like I said before, if Kyrie Irving was on his Dallas Mavericks team, I think they could win a championship. Just because I think their peaking would just be ridiculous. But I think they need another offensive creator. Uh, they did add Kimball Walker, but he did not play yesterday. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie played really good with 20 points and 10 rebounds, 4 out of 8 from the three-point line. And the addition, hashtag know your role player, of Tim Hardaway Jr. to the starting lineup has been huge. Uh, unfortunately, Reggie Bullock, who did play well tonight, uh, 12 points, 3 out of 4 from the 3-point line with 5 rebounds. He's been struggling all year. He went to the bench. And the addition of Tim Hardaway Jr. has been huge for him. You know, he's an aggressive scorer. He's athletic. He has a quick release. And, you know, he's what they need. They need juice. They need juice, juice, and juice. And he's giving them a chance, man. Uh, Dwight Powell, 15 minutes, 3 rebounds, and 2 fouls. All right, let's talk about the center position for the Mavericks real quick. Jason Kidd clearly doesn't start Christian Wood because he doesn't trust him. So maybe defensively, I understand why you start Powell. Powell plays very hard. You know, he does what he's supposed to do. 
He's in the right spot. He's not the most talented guy. He's not. But he just he's a really hard player and he'll do what you need to do and he won't hurt you. At the same time, Christian Wood's upside compared to Dwight Powell is not even close, right? So and I get why you're playing Powell and why you start him. But I do believe that Jason Kidd can do a better job of maximizing Christian Wood. Now, y'all know how I feel about Mr. Wood. He's very talented, but he's very inconsistent, right? Um, he finishes tonight with eight rebounds. Excuse me, five rebounds, eight points in 20 minutes. Dog, he's got to play more than 20 minutes. Versus OKC, he has a history of destroying them. If you look at his game log versus OKC, he has a history of absolutely destroying them. Um, so that's, I, I don't know, man. It, it's pretty weird. Uh, like I said, Dallas, they need more juice. Whoever becomes available, whoever becomes disgruntled, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, whoever, they need to add somebody to this team because this team isn't good enough to compete for a championship, but it's still good enough to win games on a nightly basis, if that makes sense. All right. One or two more things, and I'll get y'all out of here. Uh, I talked about the Celtics already. So the Cleveland Cavaliers lost. Now, y'all know how I felt. Uh, I think they're my sleeper team in the East. They've been playing really well. Uh, they're probably the second highest team to the New Orleans Pelicans, and we'll get to them in a second. But I'm a little disappointed in this. You, you can't lose to the Spurs. You can't lose to the Spurs. You can't lose to the Spurs. Now, they did fight back to uh, finish strong. Uh, they scored 33 points and held the Spurs to 20 points in the fourth quarter, but they lost by one point, 112 to 111. You can't lose to the Spurs, man. You, you can't, man. You just can't. They they play hard, but they're not talented. Evan Mobley played really good with 13 rebounds and 17 points. Uh, Donovan Mitchell played solid with 28 points and five rebounds. But to me, if I always look at why Cleveland lost, um, he's not the sole reason at all. But their swing players shouldn't be Darius Garland. But he's been inconsistent on the road versus home splits, man. He really has. Even though he finished today with nine assists and 18 points and seven rebounds, I need more from Mr. Garland. Uh, 7 out of 22 is not getting it done. 1 out of 6 from 3-point line is not getting it done. But it is an adjustment. You know, last year he had the ball in his hands a ton. You know, and again, playing with a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who's a high-volume scorer, not much of a facilitator, it is an adjustment. So I'm going to give it time. But I I need more from Mr. Garland. Garland is an absolute stud. They're going to work it out. They have a lot of good players. It's tough with Cleveland because they're winning games, right? We know at the small forward position they need to upgrade. But the other thing is they got to make sure to find a way to get Evan Mobley 12 to 16 shots a game. You know, with the talented guards that they have, it can get kind of frustrating, right? Because, you know, he, he's really talented. If you just watch him for 24, just watch him for one game and just stick with him, he'll do one thing that amazes you, whether it's a rotation, a block, a steal, uh, an offensive move. He's really special, but you got to be make him be aggressive and you got to get him shots, man. So it's going to be a big development this season as how far is it going to grow. Also, the double big lineup is really good. I'm never going to break that up. Uh, you know, you can play with a big as long as one of them knows how to shoot and the other one knows how to roll and play defense. You'll be fine. I'm a huge uh, Jared Allen guy. Uh, finished with 16 and 7, um, but they can't lose to this team. As far as OK, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, excuse me, we got to give credit where credit's due. Josh Richardson, former Sixer, 5 out of 7 from three-point line. Hashtag know your role player. He finished with 24 points, and he basically decided this game, all right? If a team gets upset, there's going to be one guy that's the outlier. He's the outlier guy. Uh, Devin Hassel played really solid with 16 points. Keldon Johnson started, finished with 21 points on 25 shots, 8 out of 25. Not the greatest efficiency, but he was a scoring threat. Uh, Zach Callens almost got a double-double. Double-double with 10 rebounds and 9 points. 
But again, disappointing game from the Cavs, and I need more, man. All right, got a buddy that's a Cavs friend that kind of let me have it. I didn't see him text me about this game. But hey, 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 hey. It is what it is. All right, last thing, and I'll get y'all out of here. Um, here we go. The Heat and the Pacers. I have no idea what to think of this Miami Heat team. And I just wanted to take a couple of seconds to let y'all know that I, I I know that I go around topics a lot and I might get stuck on a certain team. But in the last five games, right, let me just give you a recap of Miami's last six or seven games. So, you know, they defeat the Pacers 87-82, right? Then they lost to a bad speed, a bad team in Spurs. They lost 115-111. Then they defeat the Clippers 115-110. Then they lose about 20 to the Pistons. 116 to 96. Then they lose to the Grizzlies. 101 to 93. Then they beat the Celtics. Then they lose to the Celtics. I don't know what to think of this team. I think this team, if I'm being honest with you, has a low ceiling. The biggest thing about this team that I do like is that Bam Adebayo has became a lot more aggressive as a scorer, and that's probably the most the most consistent thing that they need this year. Um, Duncan Robinson is a no-show basically on his team. He got a did not play. He's getting paid a lot of money, man. Um, they got to trade him, but they got to play him to get some value for him. Uh, Victor Oladipo is just starting to play. We'll see what they can do with him. Um, but again, this is a, a really, really weird game. Like I said, Bam Adebayo dominated this game with 22 points and seven rebounds. And just as a consistency in shot attempts, all right? 18 shots for Bam Adebayo is phenomenal. And it's really important for him to stay aggressive because in the playoffs, we know what Jimmy Butler can do, but you're going to get inconsistent guard play from night to night whether that be Tyler Hero or Kyle Lowry or Strauss or Oladipo. So it's important that Bam Adebayo is a consistent number two scorer with Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. But I don't know what to think of this team. They're two games under 500. You know, they can get up for any team. They give the Celtics a ton of work. But there has to be something that happens to this team between now and the All-Star break. Maybe a wing, Jay Crowder back to Miami. Yeah, yeah. You know, Bogdan Bogdanovich is probably the hottest player in the league as far as teams that uh, contenders want. Um, but we, we'll, we'll see with Miami. Uh, as far as the Pacers, a stink, stink, stinky game for Halliburton, who's been phenomenal this year. One point, six assists, three rebounds, 0 of 9 from the field, 0 of 6 from the three-point line. He's one of my favorite players was SGA to watch. He was horrible, all right? It is what it is. Um, the rookie Nimhard has had a great season. We saw him cook Steph Curry. And I didn't talk about that, but he gave Steph Curry the business in Golden State. I don't know what to tell you from that, but um, Rick Carlisle was talking about he should be a 10, top 10 to 15 pick. I don't know about that, but he's been really good. Man. And the Pacers have a lot of talent um, with Matherin, um, Brissett, uh, Miles Turner. We'll see what they do with Turner at the All-Star break. Uh, you know, they're 14 and 14, they're 500, so they're not bad. I don't, I don't believe in tanking. They have some talent. I do believe in tanking, but I don't, I think, I don't think a team, they should tank because they never tank. And, you know, a top 10 pick, they should always be able to add talent at it. So we'll see what they do. Uh, a couple of news and notes before we get out of here. Barely Beal is expected to return after being out for a week with a hamstring injury. Also... Christoph Porzingis is probable to return back tomorrow after he was also injured. Uh, a couple of other things, and I want to I want to get y'all out of here. <clears throat> so as far as the NBA, right? Oh, 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 I got to talk about this real quick. Real quick, real quick. Two things. 
One, the NBA renamed a number, a couple of awards. So I, I got to get to this real quick. I thought this was interesting. So since Bill Russell's passing, I think the NBA is kind of just trying to switch some stuff around. And one of the things that kinda, I think they kind of do is, you know, just make sure players that are here, not to say that Bill Russell didn't get love because he definitely did, but just kind of making sure players are going to be forever. Um, so they changed a couple of awards. The Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy is a defensive player of the year. The Wilt Chamberlain Trophy is for the Rookie of the Year, all right? The John Havlicek Trophy is for Sixth Man of the Year, and the George Mikan Trophy is for the Most Improved. So I think that's pretty cool. I do not remember the trophies, but it'll be interesting to see if they got new trophies. Um, that's really cool. The good for them and good for all these players, like I said, I think the biggest thing with this is kind of make these players forever, even though they're already forever, but this kind of just crystallizes it. So when you won the MVP, yo, you won the... Um, the Michael Jordan Award. That's that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool, man. Like I said, it's always important to give our greets the flowers while they're still here. And I think the NBA did a great job of it. Two last things, and I promise I'll get y'all out of here. Y'all know how I felt about Cade Cunningham. I'm going to say this again. Um, I'm going to say it a hundred times. I thought he was the best rookie last year. I thought he was by far should have won rookie of the year. And I just felt like... I felt like politics definitely happened last year to where team success was not ever the number one criteria for a rookie of the year. I thought it was stats. I thought it was who's the best player. With that all being said, Cade Cunningham is unfortunately out for the rest of the season after having season-ending surgery on his shin. Left shin, saying that. He is expected to... He's been out since November 9th, which is a long time. And he is expected to be ready for training camp next season. Um, it's tough. You know, they, they were struggling with him, to be honest with you. Um, you know, his development is going to determine how far his teams goes, but we'll see what happens. If we look at the positives, this is a great draft class. They really need some front court help, um, back court help. They need help, period. They need a direction. Uh, and this is a big year to evaluate Dwayne Casey. Now the Pistons have been playing really hard. They've been keeping a lot of games close and they've been upsetting some teams. And the hardest decision and this is my last topic. The hardest decision with the Pistons is what are they going to do with Bogdan Bogdanovich? He's been the hottest player in the NBA. Um, and I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That's not true. He hasn't been the hottest player in the NBA, but he's been one of the best role players in the NBA. All right. So real quick, even last night, the other night versus the Lakers, he finishes with 38 points, four rebounds, two assists out of six out of 12 shooting. And for the season, he's averaging 21 points. 2.4 assists, and he's shooting 43.7% from the three-point line. Now, obviously, on a championship team, he won't have those numbers. He would have about 14 to 15, but he's a really good three that can hit a ton of shots, that gives you spacing. And to me, he's the number one swing player in the uh, as far as role players that can help a championship team. The Pistons said they're not interested in trading him. Now, he is 33 years old. There's no way that I'm just not interested in trading a 33-year-old player. Now, I understand that they're not good now, and if you trade them, they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. He's the only guy that can make his own shot, that can kind of create a little bit, and if they don't have him, they're going to absolutely stink, all right? They're going to start getting blown out. So I do understand from just like a respectability night why you don't want to trade him. With that being said, he will never have higher trade value than now. I understand you acquired him, but if you can get an unprotected first-round pick, Maybe from a semi-bad team, you got to make this move. You got to make this move. Um, 
if it's a contending team, I'm not taking no contracts for him. I don't care what the rest of his contract is. I'm keeping him. He's very valuable. But to me, he is a swing role player. And I, you guys might not agree with me. Let me know uh, if you disagree. He's a swing role player for contenders. Think about Bogdan Bogdanovich. Excuse me. Uh, Bogdanovich on the Lakers, on the Sixers, on the Celtics, on the Hawks, on the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? So we'll, we'll see what's happening. All right. Um, last thing. I know that was the last thing, but this is definitely the last thing. Damian Lillard had 11 threes. I just wanted to make sure I noticed it and acknowledged it. Um, and they won last night, and he's been phenomenal since coming back from the shin injury. I'm going to stick with what I said before. They will make the play-in tournament, and I love this team with a healthy, healthy Damian Lillard. A couple of games are in progress. The Sixers are up 61-37. to uh, The Bucks are up at the end of the first quarter, 38-27. to So a couple of games are going to start soon. So the Rockets... Play the our home versus the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns are road favorites. They're favored by six and a half. I'm gonna take the Rockets to cover the six and a half, but I don't think they're gonna win this game. I think Chris Paul is gonna put on a show. Uh, he might have about 14 to 16 assists tonight. And DeAndre Eaton have a really big game. Pelicans and Jazz. New Orleans is favored by two. I like the Jazz, uh, Pelicans to win this game. I know the Jazz are tough at home, but they're really reeling, and there ain't a person in the league. He's actually. If y'all remember before the season, I'll save this for tomorrow. I'll save it for tomorrow. All right, but I'll just I'll just take the Jazz. Excuse me, I'll take the Pelicans to win by two. And the Celtics and Lakers, Boston's favored by four. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Boston's favored by four. The Celtics are reeling. So two things happens in this game. Either Anthony Davis goes absolutely, drops a drops an atomic bomb and just goes off for like a 40 and 20 game. Or Jason Tatum just, just hits like 10 threes. Honestly, I don't think there's no in between with this game. Um, the Celtics are reeling, and the Lakers aren't good. So we'll see what happens. I believe the Celtics should win this game, but it will be close because they really don't have any bigs, and Davis should do whatever he want. We'll see what happens. Um, I am going to go with the Lakers to come within four. I know. I know. The Celtics should win this game, and it should be a one-possession game, but I think I'm gonna. the Lakers have a really good chance to upset tonight. All right? I'm going to wrap that up with here. I really want to keep this podcast short. We're at the 26-minute mark. Like, share, and subscribe. Again, I do apologize. This is the first podcast of December. I could not believe it when I did it. That's a mistake. So we're going to have a podcast tomorrow, Wednesday. We're going to have a podcast on Friday. And then we're going to go back to our three games. Excuse me. Our three episodes a week. Uh, tomorrow, I'll give you the official. It's going to be Monday, either Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. On Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. All right, whichever I can find a better day for. But I'm going back to three episodes. I don't want to cram things in in, in together. Again, thank you all for all your support. Like, share, and subscribe. And I'll talk to you all soon. Peace!